Welcome to the Boardroom Podcast, presented by the Political Action Committee, People for a Better DeSoto County, with your hosts, Chad and Ben. We hope to give you an informative look into local government by having a healthy discussion about city issues, interview a few friends, and have a little fun. Hey, welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. I'm Ward 6 Alderman Ben Piper. And I'm Ward 4 Alderman Chad Wicker in Shelby Row Production Studios in downtown Hernando. On Caffey Street here in uh, downtown Hernando. We appreciate you joining up with us uh, today for today's ninth episode. Ninth episode. Ninth episode. We, we, We're almost done with season number one. Yeah. Our guest speaker uh, for this week will be Derek Michaud. Yeah, we, we got a little curveball. We, we're going to have the sheriff candidates on and a couple scheduling conflicts, so we'll have them on in two weeks. So we're going to have De- uh, our producer here, Derek, is going to have a, like a Q&A with us about uh, municipal government in general and, and, and some of the questions that he thinks uh, – Know, kind of basic municipal questions yeah more about the more about the job of an alderman's uh really great interview ahead so uh well let's dive into our uh meeting that we had the first meeting of june um with the board of aldermen yeah i thought a very productive meeting ben it was it was uh what about hours hour and a half something like that maybe yeah a lot of stuff on the uh consent agenda i've posted this on our our, our web our facebook page the boardroom podcast gonna talk about a few of the issues uh first uh we heard from our parks director who is recommended to us that we uh, hire a turf supervisor. Uh, ben, you want to talk about that a little bit and what that's going to do for us? Yeah, Jared Barkley, our uh, our parks director. Ultimately, what it comes down to is when we, we need the city. He felt needed a turf supervisor, somebody that really had kind of an education in like sports turf, high to, fields drains to so be forth. able to yeah to be able to come in and say look look let's let's get everything we can out of the fields that we have. Um, the city has purchased the civic center ball fields, voted on that measure, had it had it passed through. Uh, you know what can we do to to better these fields? What about our soccer fields? Our soccer fields have some damp spots. Uh, over at Kirkendall Fitness Park, there's a, a football field that's got some bare spots in it. You know what can we do? Is it just something where we're going to have to scrape everything and start over, uh, scrap all these fields, or are there some you know are there some new techniques? Are there some new things that we can do to kind of salvage these fields or put some things into them to make them work? Absolutely. And that's not necessarily for every park. You know what? Each one's going to be different. Each one's going to be unique. Yeah, that, that was a recommendation of a, of a consultant that we're kind of in partnership with to uh, just improve. You know, the ultimate goal is to make make our parks department the best we can within within our budget, and so that's what we're working to do. Uh, I think it's a great hire, and, and looking forward yeah. to getting somebody on board and, and hearing what they have to say about some of our uh, fields. So, parents, if you ever had a rain out, if you've ever had a rain out, we are putting resources towards trying to hey. mitigate that as much as possible. And so, you know, we can't control <laughs> we can't control the weather, unfortunately, just yet. We don't have that that kind of power and influence just yet. But what we can do is put more resources towards it. Absolutely, and and, uh, and, and I, you know, I coached the five year old baseball this year, and we we only had one rain out all year. So that that field five we played on really held up good this year up on the on the top there. Yeah, I think I think they're in the best shape they've been in um, in a while. I think most of the sports fields are the soccer the soccer fields at one end uh, stay pretty wet and muddy, but um, I think it's just going to be something we got to we got to figure it out. All right, uh, kind of next topic we'll talk about quickly is is our discussion about the budget. This was something that was added. Uh, I think a couple of the aldermen had had met with the mayor and and, and recommended putting uh, a discussion about our budget. Start getting that in place so we can start uh, looking at revenue, looking at some of the needs and wants from the department heads, and uh, something that I think we've never had done before. I think is what Mr. Miller said uh, is actually have a time time frame in place to uh, go with the budget. Isn't that right, Ben? Yeah, I, I talked with some of the other you know, former aldermen who had served the city previously, and they said they've they tried to put some kind of, you know, budget timeline or budget procedure together in the past, but it was never really fully agreed to by the board. So, uh, you know, myself and, and Alderwoman Lynch, you know, we thought it to be a priority to, to really just explain the board's priorities um, and where we want to be so that when the department heads come in, one, they kind of understand, well, this is where the board you know, is kind of wanting to go so that there's not, uh, you know, there's there, there's not any mis- misunderstanding on the back end where it comes time to, to vote for the budget or vote against the budget and you have to vote against it because of, you know, a few line items that you, you wouldn't have agreed upon from the get-go. Um, so let's just get it all out in the open right yeah. from the, you know, right from the start and say, listen, let's, you know, one of the priorities, I think everybody wants to have a, a larger rainy day fund um, and be working towards a lar- larger rainy day fund. 
you know, I think the mayor made it pretty clear that, you know, payroll was one thing he he wanted to take a really close look at. I don't I don't know about that as much. Um, that's going to be something we have to hammer hammer out um, with department heads and understand. But you know, to me, I feel like we got to we got to get to where we have ten percent of our budget saved up. Um, you know, as as kind of a contingency or rainy day fund, um, and we are maybe about five percent currently. So you know, a little bit a little bit of ways to go. Uh, yeah, and, and and the Mississippi state state law makes us you know two things that we have to remember. One is that our budget has to be balanced, and two. We uh, have to have it done by September 15th, and, and sometimes because of you know nobody's fault, but sometimes that process is rushed, and so we're trying to get ahead of it, trying to get you know our revenue numbers are kind of uh, you know if if department heads like you said want to add uh, headcount or if they want to give somebody a pay raise uh, and so forth, uh, we can we can kind of start working through those numbers to get a good working budget together and start adding or subtracting based on the priorities of the of the board and the mayor. You know, one of the priorities for me that I brought up at the meeting is the parks. You know, we have now purchased the Hernando Civic Center uh, from those clubs, and I, I, w- I really would like to invest and invest out there and maybe maybe start working on a new concession stand or whatever whatever we, the, the majority of the board agrees to, but I think that's something we have to look at. And, of course, I w- I'd like to see a continued investment in our infrastructure, paving on our roads, different projects like that. I know that's – Everybody probably agrees on on that issue. We're kind of behind the behind the times on that, and we're trying to get uh, caught up. So that's just my 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 thoughts on it. Ben, anything else you want to add yeah, before we move other, on? Yeah, that was the other. And the number that I threw out there for infrastructure was two point five million. This year we did one point nine on neighborhood streets. Uh, there were some larger you know some larger projects were paid for with with you know with grants or matching funds or whatever else. But for th- for this next year, uh, I, I would really like to see us at that two point five number just to get uh, more caught up on. Uh, city streets and one thing that caught us by surprise our first budget year uh, i think we budgeted 1.2 million for street paving is that the cost of gas and the cost of oil skyrocketed in that first year and it it severely hampered how much work we could actually do so kind of learning from your past maybe budget more than what you think you're going to need um and then if you know gas and oil prices do happen to fall which i don't i don't think that that's in the cards uh you know given it's election year economic, next year, so you, you know they just well maybe it might happen. <laughs> but let's say it does fall, well then you can either pave more than what you thought you could, or you can put it back into the contingency fund that we're trying to build up. And that's just kind of the you know co- common sense budgeting that I that I can get behind. So what? Uh, so the big thing with the, the budget timeline, like we were telling people, department heads have to have all their uh, information uh, back to city hall by June the sixteenth. Sometime in July, we should get uh, budget projections for um, yeah. The biggest thing, tax. yeah, is 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 the, the tax assessor Jeff Fitch, who we've had on the program in the past. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the episode if you haven't. He's going to give us the kind of preliminary numbers of of what our, our residential ad valorem tax property taxes are going to be. So that's when you know people have paid their property taxes or anticipate and pay their property taxes in January. That's that, that we'll get that number, so we notice. You know, that's going to be the biggest. That's the biggest chunk of our revenue, essentially. That in, in sales tax, and so. And sales tax, it should be around, um, you know, five point three. Yeah, I've been tracking that. We've had, we've had some decent like numbers there. Uh, it's it's not you know a ten percent. I think we we were thinking maybe a little more, but it's 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 encouraging. Yeah. So those are the two. Those are the two big numbers, and those are something that you kind of work off of as we're putting the budget budget together. But uh, the public hearings will be held in in uh, August, and then it'll be has to be voted on uh, by September fifteenth. So we've got that you know budget timeline put in place. Part of it is based on state statutes, and then part yeah, of it is based so, on yeah, our. Yeah, well, we have to our, set we have to set our, our millage rate, which is a tax rate, and put that. And that's going to be around the paper for a period of time. So it, it, those timelines get ready. Uh, get really. Uh, complex and, and kind of run on each other there towards right. the end so we're trying to get ahead of that and i think I, I appreciate everybody for doing that the mayor and all the aldermen for and there was no issue with doing that so that's great uh ben kind of i guess the last thing big issue uh we're going to talk about uh from this meeting on uh june 6th was the discussion of some of the arpa projects that we yeah. that we talked about so just to, to i guess inform everybody ARPA was the uh, was American Rescue Plan or whatever. I, I can't remember what that... American Recovery Plan Act. Yeah, and so uh, the state got some money, the city's got some money, the county's got some money, and, and, and so it only could be used for water and sewer. And so we outlined, I think, five or six uh, infrastructure projects and put our money up for that. And then the state, uh, last year, the money they got, they kind of matched what we had. So it's kind of a, a bang for our buck kind of deal. Uh, one, one of the big issues that we talked about at the meeting was the Green Tea Sewer Project was funded through the ARPA. Our, our app, we put in applications for these five or six projects. And, and you don't, th- and you don't, when you put in for these matches, you don't know if you're going to get them or not. So I think the strategy was to put in 
all of the projects that we were that we were thinking about, and then all of them got got matched. Uh, so we were approximately one point nine million dollars overmatched. Uh, so what it came down to is there were two projects that could possibly be taken off the ARPA match list and would have to be um, there would have to be money borrowed to 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 deal with them. Um, one was the was a green tea sewer project, which is in a annexed portion of the city. Annexed 15 years ago, does not have sewer and would have to be uh, you know is about 1.84 million dollars or 1.86 million dollars. Or we have a Bahelia Road water plant and a Madison Lakes elevated tank, which comes at close to two million dollars, 1.988. Yeah, that's the uh, city's part. Dollars. Then the, the state's matching the other part of it. So yes, that's that's half of what it would cost. And, yes. th- and those are just estimates. That's something that we need to re- remember as well. Correct. So one of those projects would have to be what was going to have to be cut off the list, and then money borrowed to cover it, or you know maybe maybe just not funded at all. And so that was kind of what the debate was over, in my opinion. The Bahelia Road water plant mass and lakes elevated tank is more of an economic development play um, to to build more homes and businesses in that area. And the green tea one, to me, was a legal responsibility uh, by the city when they annexed people in to extend sewer to those folks. And you know, ultimately, that that item was was taken off the list. The green tea was taken off the list, and it, and a, I guess a loan is going to be procured for it. Well, the, or, the hope the hope <laughs> is that you know we have the city has applied for what they call a stag grant the last two or three years. I think we haven't gotten that in the past, but we feel a little better about it this year. But I think it's still kind of a coin flip, you know, fifty fifty chance. And what that is is that's a federal funded grant to to you know pay for that cost of that. So if we do get the grant, the stag grant. Uh, that project will be included. If if we don't get the project, I think from hearing the discussion at the meeting from from Alderman Miller and, and, and Alderman Robinson, they want to try to get a cap loan or capital improvement loan to pay for that project. The majority of the board decided to uh, approve that plan. Uh, I you know I I just felt that you know we needed to go ahead and take care of Green Tea Sewer since it was already funded, and then we could look at the Bahelia Water Plant, Madison Lakes Elevated Tank at a later date. Uh, it's still. It, I don't think the drawings for it have been completed, or any of the you know the engineering work hadn't been completed on it yet. I know that we just tapped for a, a water well. I think over there in the last month or so. Yeah, that's further down to get well. Yeah. of it. So you know, it's just it's one of those things where we just you know everybody didn't necessarily agree, and that's okay. You know, things like that happen, but uh, it, it's still moving. It's moving forward there. So um, we wait to see. Probably around October or so, we should have information on that stat yeah, grant. We'll, we'll, have, we'll, have, a, we'll have an idea for sure. And we'll go from there. So the other the other uh, projects on there, uh, there's a Jaybird water plant that increases the capacity on the east side of town. Yeah, I think that's already being worked on or done. That one's yeah, the work's already going on there. There's a downtown sewer project to kind of replace some of the older. That's where we're going to smoke the sewers and see where we have leaks infiltration, where water's infiltrating to the sewer. Uh, and then yeah, East Parkway project and Dogwood Hollow uh, sewer project as well. So altogether, um, when you look at all these things, it's a little over $4 million that ARPA created for the city of Hernando, and then it was matched by $4 million. Yeah, from the state, the state with their funds. So a total investment and commitment of over $8 million in federal funds uh, for the city of Hernando. So certainly these are things that we would not have been able to tackle uh, just with our our budget, I mean, our total uh, all encompassing budget is is you know thirty five million dollars or so annually. So uh, eight million dollars is a, is a really huge injection of federal funds to be able to do this. So we will have to see uh, how quickly these projects can be knocked out. I know most of them have been drawn and engineered and ready to go. So they're yeah. shovel ready projects. Yeah, and I think I think there's a timeline of when they have to be completed for the ARPA funds. I think it's like Foster, which is the Jim and with Pickering, Pickering Engineering that helped us. He he, I think it's twenty twenty six. They have to be completed or or showing you know almost completed. So that's it. Um, so you'll 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 start seeing some of those. I, again, I think the uh, the Jaybird water plant is, is is getting pretty close to being done. I think. Yeah. And um, another thing with these with these ARPA because a lot of times you know any kind of federal matching or anything like that, there's always rules that apply to it. So you could spend these funds, however. You know, you could spend them on other things. I think there were some cities that wanted to spend them on parks or wanted to spend them on, you know, something else. But you would not be, you wouldn't have been eligible for that state match. So that was Absolutely. really why we tried to get uh, as much as much bang for our buck as we possibly yeah, could. Yeah, I think we we did the right thing in getting getting the money doubled. Essentially, uh, I think the lieutenant governor uh, was involved in that, and the state senate and state legislator to getting that passed. Uh, ben, I think that that's really all we got. 
Now we'll be moving on to our interview portion. Well, we're going to be the interviewees, I guess. We're bringing on a, we're bringing on our guest, Derek Michaud, uh, yeah. producer uh, of the Boardroom Podcast, another Absolutely. podcast here in Hernando. And uh, he is going to ask us several burning questions, I guess, about what you do as an alderman. He's, he's been bugging me for months about these questions. Yeah, he he just wants him. to be on the mic. He likes being on the mic. He's got it. He's ready. He's ready to fire off. So yeah. let's bring him on now. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. This is the uh, Boardroom Podcast with uh, Ward 4 Alderman Chad Wicker. And Ward 6 Alderman Ben Piper. And we've got our guest for this week. It's Derek Michaud, who has... Where'd you find him at? He was nearby. Okay. Nearby. nearby. Struggling for guests, man. Nah. (laughs) Well, so we have Derek on this week to kind of do something a little bit different. You know, this has been uh, kind of an educational journey, I think, for a lot of people that listen to this podcast. But especially for Derek, I think somebody that's not from Mississippi originally, I'm not either. But, you know, he just has a a genuine interest in government and kind of how it operates and, you know, what these jobs all do. So we decided for uh, for an episode what we would do is allow uh, Derek to sort of just fire away with some questions that he has for just... I guess we need to introduce Derek to people I mean, who he yeah. is. I mean, we need to know that you got. I'm the award-winning producer of yeah. this show. So we're yes. we're always yeah. live live from the uh, Caffey Place building. Is that right? Uh, in in the the heart of Ward Four, the, the right. beaten heart of Fernando, it's Shelby Row Productions, and 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 Derek is our elaborate. Award-winning producer of our program here, among other podcasts, the uh, what's that, uh, the, the Real Hernando, Hernando and Real I think you're doing something, Caffey. What's the one? Caffey and Commerce Caffey, is coming. Yeah, yeah. with the the Commerce with the. It's uh, a business spotlight podcast. Sure, sure. Yeah. So he and he's got a lot of other great things coming up. So uh, he he's he mentioned this idea to us when we first uh, started, uh, maybe asking some questions because you know again. This whole thing is try to just educate people and get get information out to people and let them make the best decisions. Uh, and we know we have some some state elections and other things coming up. And so uh, let's talk uh, talk some questions about aldermen and city government and, and and maybe even a little state government. And we'll try to answer the best we can. I won't I won't put you on the spot too much, <laughs> but uh, it's been fun working with you guys. And for sure, anyone that doesn't have context when when uh, Chad and Ben do their interviews, I'm literally sitting three feet from the. <laughs> the table That's working true. on my desk so i've had i've got to hear a lot of cool conversations in here so and I'm, I'm you know i'm glad we get to do this today so let's uh let's let's start with you mentioned this earlier chad and let's hear more about it okay. the, the you know the genesis of the name and the term alderman what is yeah. what is that so, all so my understanding is 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 mississippi when they redid their constitution in 1892 uh and and did what they call the code charter which is the municipal form of government that Hernando has, and I think the majority of the cities, which is a weak alder, or excuse me, a weak mayor system and a strong alderman system, they stole the name from Chicago because that's what Chicago calls their city councilmen or aldermen, and so that's where the term came from, from my understanding, and and that's where a majority of uh, the forms of government at the municipal level of Mississippi is code charter, mm-hmm. uh, which again is a, is when I say weak mayor, that means the mayor really doesn't have a lot of executive authority without the approval of a majority of the aldermen. So yeah, I had that in my list, like so, the role so, of mayor. So yeah, what's so, the term? It's a weak mayor. So we have a, what we call a weak mayor system. So like if if we want to uh, hire someone or yeah. fire someone, it has to be approved by a majority of the board of aldermen. The mayor can't do that. Unilaterally, they have to have the permission of the alderman. Every expense has to be approved. Yes, yes. So sometimes people will hear we were voting on the docket of claims. Well, all that is is every every P- purchase order or PO. It's a huge stack, uh, you know, that that we go through when we get our packet on Friday for a Tuesday meeting. It's all the purchases. So you might see, you know, the local hardware store on there. You might see the Gateway tire, or Bryant tire, or whatever else people light getting, bill, water bill, people getting things like that um, done, payroll, insurance, all those, all those purchases, but they have to be approved by the board. If the board said we'll approve all of them except for this one because we don't feel like it's appropriate or you know it wasn't bid out properly or whatever the whatever the reason is, um, you can pull those expenses out. But the, the, anything that is purchased by the city has the mayor can give the authority. Okay, go purchase this, but it has to ultimately be approved by the board of aldermen. Wow. So everything, all these item lines. Absolutely. And, and there's now there's some state purchasing laws as, as far as the, the, the cost of something. So anything, mm-hmm. it, it recently changed to $75,000. Anything that's more than that has to be 
bid out through a formal bidding process, uh-huh. anything under that, and more than $5,000 has to have a two competitive quotes. Uh, so a lot of times, say, say for instance, the the police department wants to buy, uh, buy a car that's $35,000. As long as they get two quotes now, they can do that. And they'll go ahead and purchase the car with a p- purchase order, and then that docket, that claim docket will be approved at whatever the next meeting is. So technically, I guess we could deny that claim, and then they'd have to get the car back, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that, that, never, that rarely happens because as long as it's within their budget and so forth, it's not an issue. So you guys only meet every other Tuesday, right? So by, by, by state or by our code, we have to meet once a month. Uh, but we've always met twice a month. I think since Andrew Miller said that at one time they met once a month and the meetings were lasting like six or seven hours because, <laughs> you know, it was a lot of, lot of claims and a lot, yeah. of, you know, a lot of things to address. So they went to the two, I think he told me in 96 or 97, something like that. I, yeah. I may be wrong on that, but that's – you know, Andrew, he's my historian on the board because he's been there since on and off since like 1987. So, mm-hmm. so I've always wondered what alderman at large means, and and our current alderman at large is Doc Harris, correct? It, it means the oldest one on the board. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so your alderman at large is a is a citywide elected position. So where in Hernando we have six wards. It's Divided evenly by population, one man, one vote on that. But Doc Harris currently, or our alderman at large, represents the entire city. So uh, let's say you had three wards that voted one way and three wards that voted another way on an issue. That role is tasked with considering what's good for the entire city, right? What's the best thing for the entire city? Whereas, you know, each one of us on the board, we're more tasked with you know, what do you think my constituency in my in my part of town would want, and that's what you're there to do. So he's kind of the tiebreaker in a way? In a way. I, th- I think that, that, well, that's, so, that that's always been my opinion on how it's structured. Well, so, uh, again, this is kind of a history lesson. At one time, all the aldermen were at a large, which means they, yes. were, they were elected by the entire city, not just a particular ward. Okay. Gotcha. If you do it at large like that, that really influences your minority populations. And so, say like Hernando is a town whose minority population is... 13%. 13, 14% or whatever. And so if you have a complete, everybody's voted from the, the majority of the, of, the, of the town, you're not going to have majority population is not going to be well represented. Um, and so the Voting Rights Act of 65 ensures it's one man, one vote. And so I think in the, because at one time, I think this is in the, in the 80s, all, all four of the aldermen or three of the four aldermen that we had we all live like within a mile of each other. So mm-hmm. It really wasn't fair to some of the other people. Sure, they're not representing an area they actually live in, right? Well, they're they're representing the, the entire city, but they're not a full representation of the of the entire population of a city and whole. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, so, yeah. so you know, if you have um, aldermen at large, they're 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 being voted on by the entire population of the city. Where, like Ben, is only the people that live in Ward Six are voting for Ben. So if that population may have a high minority population, mm-hmm. then you, you may you may have a better chance of getting a minority elected there, right? Gotcha. So and that's just the way. That's a more fair and, and accurate way to elect people. Ben, you got to clean that up for me. You're a lot more well spoken than me. So well, yeah. I mean, I think if you look, <laughs> I mean, I think if you look at the if you look at the board currently, you have like this cross section of people that are, you know, you have retirees, you have people that are in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s and their 60s and their 70s like it's a it's really a cross section of the community you have seven aldermen we have one african-american alderman uh andrew miller well, two, one out of one, two females yeah one out of one out of seven is like about 15 percent. so mm-hmm. that makes in, sense in, yeah. a, in a way <clears throat> it is very representative of like the census data that you would see for mm-hmm. hernando it's um people of a lot of different age groups and that sort of thing and to be an alderman you only have to be 18 years old that's pretty much the, and live in and the a qualified city. elector which means you register to vote that's you it be, i don't think you can can you i don't think you'd be convicted of a felony I, don't, I can't remember. Well, you got to be a qualified elector. So I think okay, if you're yeah, convicted yeah. of a felon, yeah. you're not able. And, so, and, I, so I could run for, yes. to be alderman? Yes. Yeah, there's no educational requirement. <laughs> Absolutely, you can. <laughs> there's no any kind of, you know. You, yeah. We prefer people to go to Ole Miss. So. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out how everyone votes. That's yeah. So, yeah, this is the last thing I need to be. So, so and, and another thing we have to remember <clears throat> is that 
when you're in what I call the DeSoto County bubble, right, we have a population, like Hernando's the smallest city of 17,000. Right. Uh, the, the, you know, a lot of people don't realize that puts us in the top 20 in the state of Mississippi in population. Mm-hmm. So the vast majority of cities and municipalities in DeSoto, in, in, excuse me, in Mississippi are less than 5,000, like 80% of them, mm-hmm. okay? And so most of these smaller cities, it doesn't make sense to have wards because the population's so small. So you have aldermen at large for the entire area. Like, you know, I think the closest Como, those kinds of cities, they mm. just have an alderman at large. So like, you're talking like, about a, maybe a population of two, two or 3,000 like people. Like Bahalia would be an example yeah, of so that? Yeah, so some of these people are being elected at aldermen at large at, at a, in a, an entire city that has less the registered voters than Ward 6 or Ward 4 does in mm. Hernando because we are such a large area. Like the city of South Haven, they're a city of 70,000 now, something like that. So, And they have the same amount of aldermen as we do, so that alderman is representing a lot more people. I was right? just going to ask that. So... For some place like Bahalia, are they still going to have the same amount? I'm not sure if they have the code charter or not. I think they do, and if, if they do, they're going to have uh, four aldermen and one alderman at large. Okay. So they're so, going to have five board members and a mayor. Yeah, of course, you always need the odd number. Yes. If there, and and there, there have been, I think, only maybe a couple of occurrences where we've had a tied vote because somebody was out of pocket or something Yeah, like t- typically yeah. somebody's not there and... And then the somebody mayor, recuses himself, maybe, or something like that. And then like the mayor that. does have to cast a vote to, to break a yeah. tie. That's okay. really some of the only executive power unique. he has is when it's a tie, he can break the tie. But definitely very unusual. I think it's only happened like once or twice in the two years we've been serving. What so, else you got? So uh, let's, um, let's tap into the audience members out there that are more like me and uh, civically challenged, we'll say. So let's going to get super basic. How does voting work as an alderman? Are you talking about like the the vote we take? Well, okay. So when I when I go to okay when I when I went to uh, the board meetings, yeah. And I've just recently joined the chamber board, so I'm just learning firsthand how this kind of voting works. And it was neat to see a lot of similarities. But just uh, explain how the voting works at the at the board meetings. So the the mayor is the presiding the presiding officer of the meeting, so he kind of man- manages the meeting. Uh, he can call uh, a, a vote, and, t- and typically we do a just a, all in favor say aye, all opposed no, because right. most issues are not controversial. But sometimes on a controversial issue, or somebody can ask for a roll call vote. So that's when everybody, one at a time, the clerk will call, you know, Alderman Piper, Alderman Wicker, Alderman Lynch, and, and we would say yay or nay. So you're uh, you're able to vote aye or nay, uh, yes or no. Um, you can also vote present. And, and basically not and basically pull yourself out from the vote or you can abstain from the vote. Uh, but one thing about that is while you, you may say present or abstain or whatever else, I think that within the in the while it's recorded that way in the minutes is, is basically going with whatever the majority. Yeah, right. So like we got we got stuck with the police chief one time because one on one alderman was not there and one alderman voted present and so and it was a tie and the mayor broke the tie. Um, okay. And so that that that's so sometimes on a, maybe a controversial issue or something, they don't want to vote yay or nay on. They vote present. And Ben mentioned something very important: the minutes. So when he's talking about the the clerk records the minutes of the meeting, and that's the official record of that meeting. And then you vote on it. Like accepting them or moving. Yes, on and so like once that. the once the meet the minutes are approved, in every meeting we prove approve the meet, the minutes from the previous mm-hmm. meeting, and so that's that's kind of our official record. So we can go back to when Hernando was forced, first in, incorporated there, and you can you're supposed to have the meet, the meeting minutes. Yeah, and so from time to time, when something comes up or you'll you'll see a issue, we'll go back and pull the the meeting minutes uh, from. You know that meeting, and, and that kind of tells you how mm-hmm. we voted, and it's supposed to have the discussion of it, um, which is kind of hard to do sometimes. But now, since we're recording them audio and visual, so you can go back and actually watch the meetings on YouTube now. From I think about the last three years. So when voting on it, just solidifies it, puts it in the stone. This is <clears throat> we all agreed that this is everything we talked about. Yeah, and so agreed a, on. A, lot, a lot of times, what we vote on is approving an action, so approving a hire, approving the mayor to sign a contract, approving the the minutes, mm-hmm. most, most of our, I guess, motions are affirmative motions, I guess you would say, approving an action of some type. So motion, uh, and again, I, I learned this in chamber, in the chamber. I'm going to get you a Christmas present called Robert, the book of Robert's Rules of Order. 
There you go. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's that's yeah. what I I, we, uh, I don't know Ben. Did you I don't know if you did that in college or whatever. They gave us that book as one of our textbooks and we kind of loose, we, we like loosely follow it. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed we, to. Uh, so you're supposed to follow it in our board so, meetings. So, so Robert's rule of order is a, is a formal way to conduct a meeting. So that's when you know you make a motion, IA. You know that that's all. It all lines that out what you're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Point point of information or point of point of order. Those are all things. And, and of order. After going to a alderman meeting and being part of the chamber, it seems like it's all following the same system yeah that, that's robert's rule of order so that yeah. that's what the congress uses that's what any just about any type of mm-hmm. board meeting uses is, is robert's rule of order so motions so someone sets a motion puts it out there kind of right if mm-hmm. no one speaks up for to second that motion what happens i've been there before it the dies motion, yeah the motion so, dies for lack of second that's so right. in a way that's kind of everyone else voting right Yes, and then some. I think some people are. I don't know. Maybe not, I shouldn't say. Maybe a little shy to to, to speak up sometimes yeah. or whatever. Or you know, it's something they may not be that interested in or whatever. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's still it's telling if no one wants to step up and say yes. That must be frustrating, right? Well, sometimes it can ha- <laughs> sometimes it can happen when I've been there before a couple times. Sometimes it can happen when. There One of these days, we'll get Chad to stay on this microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't go to broadcast journalism school like that. <laughs> sometimes it'll happen when there needs to be more discussion, right? So uh-huh. sometimes it'll die for lack of second, and then there's more discussion, and then there's, you know, the motion can be brought back up, or a different motion can be made. Um, can you vote on, hey, let's discuss more of this later? We can yeah. table. That's called tabling it. A tabling something to another meeting. Okay. Um, and, and typically when you have like a lack of a second, it's either a controversial issue or a complex issue that we need to talk about more, mm-hmm. uh, more discussion on. Okay, so now someone throws out the second, and that's when the mayor says call, anyone oppose or? Call for a voice, a voice vote, you know, which is all, all, all in favor say aye or yay, and all, all opposed say no, or he can do a roll call vote if somebody asks for it. Okay, so let's just say he doesn't ask for that. But... There is one that opposes. Okay, so then now it breaks down to a, another level of voting, right? How does that work? Well, so so if he says everybody in favor say yay, and everybody says yay, and then or a couple because I don't ever and voice votes I don't ever say anything, so I just I just you know my my silence is a yes. Okay. And so if you ever notice that, I don't know if anybody else does that, but I, I don't say anything. And then, but if I want to say, if I oppose the motion when he, when he calls for a voice vote and I say no, then I'm opposed to it. I think, you know, Ben, Ben, he likes to say no all the time. So he's, he's, he's yeah, but what, so, <laughs> so when it's thrown out there and, and then there's someone that opposes, then, okay, that, that just puts a speed bump in it now. Yeah. So what's, what's the next step? So now if Ben, well, you, Ben, you say you oppose something, mm-hmm. then they give you the floor to explain why, how does that work? No, I mean, you know, there's there's certainly times when, you know, we have somebody that'll come in and ask for a rezoning or something like that. They want to change it from agricultural to residential land or something like that. I may say during the discussion I have issues with this, this, and this, so it can be, re- you know, so it can be recorded um, in our minutes, uh, but you don't have to necessarily explain why you why you voted yes or no on anything. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm going to vote against something, I will typically say say something to the effect of what I have an issue with. Um, so what's that next step? You oppose something. What does the mayor do? So as long as there are four votes. A, ma- uh, a majority of the board present. Yes. Majority of the members present. Yes. Um, as, long as, there's a, as long as there's a majority, then th- everything, that's, that's the end of it. It's, it's done So one um, at that point. So you oppose, you're the only one, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Six to one, you're, you move on to the next thing. And so, uh, again, with there are some there are some cases where you need to have a super majority, which would be five votes out of the seven. The list of those would come down to you know a planning commission votes against mm-hmm. a rezoning, and the board decides well we're going to go the we're going to go the other direction. It's a five to two vote sure. to flip it, and uh, kind of and you have a super majority that flips that flips their decision. That's that's one of the cases. Yeah, mo- so so, so most recently we've we've ran into that a couple times when our planning commission has denied a, a rezoning or a, a development and then it's come you know because they all they are a recommending body so when they recommend something that comes to us if they've denied it it takes a super majority of the members present to to pass 
Um, and so we've, we've, I guess, overturned some of their denials. And a lot of times when we do that, it's because the develop, we've had a conversation with the developer and people in that area and, and come to a resolution that everybody agrees with. You guys just uh, rezoned, right? Uh, we we uh, redistricted, redistricted the voting wards, yes. Right. So how long of a process is that? <laughs> well, the previous board took them about, about 15 years, but it took us about 15 months, huh, Ben? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it, it is a, it's a process now because you, you have to wait for your census data to come in. <coughs> um, you know, so you take the, uh, the, the census in 2020, and it was – you know, seventeen thousand one thirty-five or something. Like it that. was it was fall or almost almost winter of twenty twenty-one before mm-hmm. we had the before we had the data, and then we um, we hire we had to hire a you know some somebody to help us kind of get through the data and understand you know where people were exactly yeah. and that, and that sort of thing, and then also do the the demographic breakdown and some of those things because you, you you wanted to make sure as part of the redistricting that you didn't. Uh, there's another term. Uh, it's called gerrymandering. Yep. Um, so gerrymandering is when you draw a district in a very unusual way to, um, you know, to to potentially decrease the amount of influence a certain group has. Yes. Um, right. So uh, Al- Alabama just had their legislative district thrown out by the Supreme Court yesterday. Yeah. And so, there's a there's a racial thing attached to that often, right? Right. So there's so there are there are certain. Um, you know, there's one ward. Ward two, I think, is majority. No. Uh, yeah, ward two. Yeah, it has has a majority minority district, but it's that the population is shrinking for sure. Yeah, um, and then across the other across the other five wards that are out there, it's anywhere from you know eight to thirteen percent African American, and you know it just sort of depends on you mm-hmm. know what part of town it is. But so, you, so historically, what I think Ben's trying to say, historically. Uh, our minority population or the black voters lived in what was called the West End or the, the right. I guess that's the southwest part of town there. Um, and and um, that, that, that's what I think the majority of them lived at one time. But now I think Hernando is a lot more diverse city. So they don't just live in one particular, that population doesn't live in just one particular area. They live throughout the city very diversely. Mm-hmm. So it kind of uh, dilutes their voting voting power, if that makes sense, because you don't have, help me understand, Ben, is there, you don't have, Sixty percent of the of of War Two is is minority. You may have now it's forty percent, and the other ones have moved throughout the city. So it's it's so it's balancing out. Yeah. More. So yeah. so so everybody has a constitutional right to have what they call one one vote one you know one man one vote. So if District Two has two thousand people in it, do you want the other districts to have a very similar amount of people? Mm-hmm. So that way, our vote on the board is representative of that per of the number of people. And so what happened in the city of Hernando is they redistricted. I think last in 2009, I think, mm-hmm. uh, before the 2010 census, they, they redistricted off the 2009 numbers, and so that really got out of balance. And, and that, I, don't, I don't know if you remember us before we were doing the podcast, but right before our election in, in 2021, the city redistricted the districts to make it uh, more fair for the election we had in 2021. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating at that board meeting. I was there for that presentation yeah so so was, when we came in so office cool. that was that was kind of a priority for our because we we had dealt with that in the past because ben used to live in ward three and when they redistricted he went to ward six uh so he he ran for a complete different office because you, you have to represent where you live you have right? to live right. in your ward for two years so that was a priority on our list to get done as soon as possible so we got our numbers back and and we got with the consultant and he helped us draw up the uh, the district. It was super interesting to see yeah. that presentation. Well, it's also it's it's important, you know, for folks listening to fill out your census. Like it's important to be a part of the census because it means that, you know, one, it makes the numbers more accurate, right? But it's also important because it it means that the people who you know represent you at the local level to the state level to the, it just as as high up as the levels of government goes, it it's going to be more accurate. The more mm-hmm. the states that have the most. You know, the states that end up with the most representation are the ones that have the highest population. So you want to make sure that those numbers are as accurate as possible. You know, and I think that there's, there was counties, DeSoto County did really well in the census. I think it was around about, about a 63 or 65% participation rate. But there were other counties in Mississippi that were, you know, in the, in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's thousands and thousands of people out there that aren't being counted. And it yeah. happens and, every time. And that population number is tied into 
the, the amount of federal funding you get for whatever program, the type of grants you can apply for. You know, our population came back a little over 17,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I think just, I don't think this is everybody's opinion, but I think the number was very low because uh, if you can uh, remember what was going on in 2020 when they were doing the numbers, you had, you had a thing called COVID. And so a lot of people didn't answer the door. A lot of people didn't return the mail. And so, because yeah. um, we, we, we were really thinking that we would get over that 20,000 mark with our population. At least I thought we were close to that. And uh, we came back at 17,000, which is kind of low, we but, think. And you can't guarantee either number, right? Because no, you, the, well, you got to go, you have to go with the 17,000 because that's what, that's right. officially what it is. But I think that number's low because yeah. of the, of the issues that Ben were talking about. People didn't participate. People didn't answer the door. People didn't, I think yeah. I did mine online, but you know, there were several different ways you can do it. And people just, some people just don't, don't want to do with the government and, and don't want to mess with it. Sure. So. I mean, no census has been a hundred percent Right. No, you know, no, so, no, no, So no. clearly it's going to be more than the number you get, but I that's mean, all you have to work with. They've been doing the census since we, you know, we've been a country, and I think originally people just go out there and hey, you, uh, you sign a book or whatever. I think so. Well, you can go back I, and look I, at some would, of those. I think they used, to, they used to hold them like in churches, and they would literally be like, everybody raise your hand, and they would count all the hands yeah. in the room. You know, at local because that yeah. was like the, that was like the most central place in a lot of in a lot of small towns. As you would meet in the church, yeah. everybody raise their hand. You count everybody. Yeah. There was no like, all right, make sure uh, you know Bill doesn't like come back in the room again or <laughs> whatever. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know how that all worked back then, but yeah, <laughs> it's definitely we've definitely taken a lot of leaps as far as um, you know how the counting measures go. But people also <laughs> don't want to participate. But in but, it. Th- but that number is important because that tells mm-hmm. tells us how many police officers we need, how many firemen we need. And and to help you know these restaurants they they count rooftops and they want to know when they when they want to put a uh, you know Ben's on that Chick Fil A committee they 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 hadn't met in a while uh, but uh, can we can we move on it's that it's all quiet it's all quiet on the Chick Fil A well, who's committee. on the Mexican restaurant committee you know I am on that one anything productive I get it done I, you know I'm not we got plenty of those We're in good shape. <laughs> no no uh, anyway but uh, you know so that all those restaurants they have they have a, a model and if you have so many rooftops and your population meets it and they'll do traffic counts in front of you in front of a road to see how many people drive them down the road and mm-hmm. uh, that all factors into what you know what these guys do you know, what 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 we get in our city how many police officers we have how many uh, state representatives we have representing us in the state senate federal senate i mean the uh, house of representatives mississippi in a whole i think lost a one percent population so we continue to lose population we may lose a, a house seat we have four right now we may we may go to three if we continue to lose mm-hmm. so and if you really if you cut out desoto county and you cut out the coast the population of mississippi is really drastically declining yeah desoto is the one that's DeSoto thriving. and the coast is keeping it together <clears throat> i got gotcha. you north and south ends yeah so uh we don't want to go too long here but uh when i'm interested when do you guys have to uh run again 2025. So four-year term. It started yeah. in 2021. So we took office July 1st, 2021. So we're coming up on two years. And you guys came in together. Yeah, he he always follows me around. He, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Uh-huh. Uh, well, that's why you're sitting in the producers. That's seat right. right there. That's right. Uh, no. So we 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 will. Uh, you have to declare <laughs> for office by what is it? February 1st of 2025. So you have yeah 30, something like that maybe yeah. March uh, maybe in March I can't remember what the day is so the first of, the first of 2025 you have a I think it's 30 or 60 90 days or whatever to declare for office and then the the election will the primary election will be in April and the general election will be in June and then we would take office again on July 1st of 2025 gotcha so, and that'd be the mayor and the seven aldermen so when when do you guys start campaigning Oh wow! Well, uh, I, I got to talk to my wife and make sure she's going to let me run again. She she doesn't like this. Yeah, I've heard. I, I had a uh, there was somebody I knew that was a supervisor in Itawamba County, um, which is northeast Mississippi, and uh, he uh, served as a supervisor, county supervisor. And he said, "Well, I ran for it and got elected, and then I ran from it the next time because uh, he said it was just more." you know, more than what he wanted to deal with. And, um, you know, there's certainly days, there's good days and bad days, just like any job. Right. And there's, uh, Absolutely. there's times you get bad, uh, there's times you get bad news and there's times that you may make a decision and you look back on it six months later and say, well, I don't, you know, if I had to do that again, I think I might've done yeah. it differently, you know? So you, you want to try to stand by your decisions as best you can. And it's all based on the information that you have. Um, if you have good information, you can make good decisions. If you don't have good information, you don't make good decisions. Yeah. It's, it's tough to make. Well, a good I, I, I think, I think Ben's, probably very similar vein as me. I did this not for notoriety or not to, 
you know, have a podcast. I did it because I want to make, see my community do better. And, and I have some goals for our community and, you know, mm-hmm. increasing our park program, increasing our infrastructure, things like that. And so if I think I can still, you know, work towards those goals, if we're not there yet, mm-hmm. uh, I may seek another, another, another term. I don't know. It's, it's still two years down the road. So, well, I love how you understand podcasting though. Yeah. And, and you have brought it in. You too brought it into the fold. I, I think I it's would, great. I would, I would very to say we're probably the only city sitting alderman to have a podcast in Mississippi. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I'd, I'd be interested. To, I'd be interested <laughs> to hear um, how that works. Well, you're 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 doing this in a studio in a in a podcast agency that is very you know differentiated from yeah. its marketplace. Growing, too. growing. But I mean, there's no one else doing it. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I, I like the medium. I, I listen to the podcast. I, I'm a, I'm a runner and I work out. I always have a podcast player. Right. I have about you know, ten or different ones in my little mm-hmm. my little uh, <clears throat> queue that I listen to. Uh, the Real Hard Nando podcast is a good one. I listened to that one with the band director the other day. Yeah, jo- uh, Joseph Quinley. That's right, everybody. So I have some some national mm-hmm. politics, state politics, uh, sports podcast. Old, I listen to the Ole Miss podcast some. So I think it's a great medium get message get your message out there, and I think it, it it's, it's slowly taking over the market away from radio. I think. Oh, there's definitely benefits I can I could talk about, but um, but look, I appreciate y'all doing this. You know, this is something I threw out there a while ago. And uh, what else you got? Any more tough questions? Oh, you guys want to keep going? Oh. Let's do one more. <laughs> what am I missing? Let's do one more. What, what am I missing? Like that, uh, you know, a newbie like myself would would probably need to know. Let's let's pretend I want to run tomorrow or something wacky like that. Well, I think that. So I think the most important thing, and 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 I did this, you know, last time around, is when you're when you're campaigning, it's the most important thing is to talk to people, uh, talk to as many people as you can, and it gets it gets harder once you are um, serving um, as an alderman because you've got a lot of responsibilities, you've got a lot, you know, a lot of phone calls, but um, going door to door and meeting people and you know meeting them on the front porch and talking to them, that's that's what I did, and um, you know learned a lot about Hernando. You know, through that, I uh, learned a lot about the people who live here and kind of what their, you know, values are. And you just try to do your best job to, you know, represent those values when you're, you know, when you're voting and doing the job. Do they all have your cell phone number? I, I did send my cell phone number out to every single registered yeah. voter in Ward 6. I so. mean, our mayor has his on his Facebook page, so, you know. I would gather, I mean, you're representing your ward. So if someone has a complaint about a pothole or something. Right. And your award, Ben, they call you, right? I get, I do, I do. I get, I get calls about it. I, you know, earlier today I spoke with somebody that's got, you know, an issue with how water's draining off a construction site, you know, up in mm-hmm. uh, Nesbitt area. And, um, you know, he, he got my phone number from, you know, something that we sent out to him or whatever we did. So, you know, that's kind of how it, how it works. And that's, that's how you're, how you're held accountable as mm-hmm. an elected official is, you know, if, if somebody has an issue with whether it was a vote that I'm, a vote that I made or there's a vote that's upcoming. Like I certainly want to hear from them because that's the only way to really know is, is, is to hear from as many people as possible. And when we do have controversial votes, you'll get, you may get 25, 30 phone calls about it with people weighing in one way or another. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of talking and it's a lot of, but more importantly, it's a lot of listening and just kind of hearing people out. Cause I think the biggest thing now, like we're in this age of communication, we've never been more connected than we have been before. And people still don't feel heard. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest things. People, I just don't feel heard. My voice isn't heard. I need to get my voice out there. And it's like, there's a million ways to do it. Uh, and it's just because I think sometimes when people want to be heard, they want to be um, agreed with more than anything else. And sometimes it's just like, look, I may listen to you and, and uh, hear everything that you're saying, but we just can't agree on this one thing. And that doesn't mean that I don't like you or you shouldn't like me or whatever else. We just disagree on something. We're just two adults with two different opinions. One, one thing that's fascinating about, be an alderman or the city mayor is we're at the most local level of government. Yeah. So it's the most granular, right, right? Granular. That's a good word. So I'm going to see someone in Kroger, yeah. right. That is going to give me their opinion. Cause a lot of people aren't scared to give me their opinion about particular issues. And, 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 you know, I may, my son may play on the same baseball team with someone or, you know, so we're going to interact a lot more with our, with our constituents than maybe, you know, a uh, state Senator or, or, you know, U S Senator or Congressman. You mean, 
you may never ever meet them. You you're gonna mm-hmm. see Ben and I or Natalie or Andrew or Doc or Bruce, yeah. Beth. You're gonna see us at different events all the time. You know, we had the sunset on the square last night. I think several of them showed up to that. I mean, we're always mm-hmm. there and we love to hear and get your opinions and so Chad, I met you for the first time at my first ribbon cutting. That's right. Yeah, we go to ribbon cuttings. Yeah. That's uh, how I've built a cool friendship with Mayor Johnson. That's how it's all started. Yeah. He's fun. So So I guess we'll end it there, huh? Ben's giving me that look that Shelby gives me when she's ready to go. Ready to go. So (laughs) so let's try to pronounce my name again, Ben. I took the the cheat (laughs) sheet away. He took my cheat sheet away because... I want to make sure I got his name correct, Derek Michaud. Oh, All right. Hey, yeah, look at him, man. He's a broadcast journalism degree. Our man. fantastic producer here at the Boardroom Podcast. We appreciate it. In the best ward of the city, too, by the way. Yeah, the right? beaten heart. Of, we call the Ward right? 4. Ward 4 is a beaten heart of the city. That's right, Chad. Uh, I have no complaints over here. It's hey, well, hey, look, we well-oiled machine out here in know, Ward 4. Ward 4 is a great cross-section of our town. We have the... We have this, the downtown square where we have live music all the time we have restaurants and we have residential down kind of where i live in deer creek it's it's perfect we have the whole the whole square area here the downtown uh, historic district well done sir thank you well, well, self-appointed self-described greatest board <laughs> i guess we can put it that way i mean i think it is so it's but, great uh, it's a great area it's a great area great it's, it's a lot of power we have, we have a state senator lives in this war we got supreme well judge chamberlain lives in i think board five he's across mm-hmm. the street from us well, look, I'm starting a business spotlight podcast that is for North Mississippi and greater Memphis, sure. but I called it Caffeine Commerce. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. So it's a nod to Hernando, but, you know, those that cross section is synonymous, you know? So Ward 4, right? I mean, That's it. so I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it in history. It's the beaten heart. There it is. But it, I have trademarked it, so you can't take it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for yes, doing sir. this, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, so hopefully do this uh, again someday. Yeah, we'll finish up. So we'll we'll be back in a couple weeks for our I guess I guess that's the ninth tenth episode we'll have. Uh, the, as people are listening to this, this is number nine. Okay, so we'll have ten, and then uh, we'll have a whole another another ten coming. So we appreciate I'm, y'all listening. Yes, uh, um, we definitely appreciate that for sure. If you have any ideas or anybody that you want to hear from, uh, other guest speakers that you'd like to have us on, please drop it in the comments uh, or send us a direct message on Facebook. But that will be the Boardroom Podcast with Ben Piper, Chad Wicker. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for joining us for an episode of the Boardroom Podcast presented by People for a Better DeSoto County. I hope we were able to inform you and give you some additional insight on how your local government works. Stay engaged. Local government is the closest to the people.